Vibrant. 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 Music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for, for music, music teachers. teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and in this episode, we're talking about teaching beginners. Back to the basics. You can find the accompanying article that goes along with this episode at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash 157 or if you're not a member, colourfulkeys.ie slash 157. Hey there, beautiful teachers. So we just released a new course inside Vibrant Music Teaching. It's called Foundations of Piano Teaching. And to celebrate all this month, we've been doing back to basics kinds of ideas, beginner's mind. So it's not been just for beginner teachers, but it's about taking us all back to basics so that we can put ourselves in a beginner's mindset. Now, brand new teachers, even if you're not one right now, you might remember this. You might remember the instinct to straight away start with beginners. It makes sense, right? You're starting teaching, they're starting at the beginning. That should be the perfect fit. The thing is, it's the worst fit. It's the easiest to teach the most advanced students. And I'm not trying to say that it's easy to teach concert pianists or something like that, but intermediate students, early advanced students, they're actually the easiest group. They come in, they have practiced if they are motivated, right? They play through their piece. You give them some ideas, some food for thought, you help them pick new pieces, you work on studies related to what they're learning. I'm not saying any of this is easy, but it's not as hard as teaching beginners. When you're teaching a brand new student, you have so much more to consider. You have to think about giving them great technique foundations, teaching them reading, and all these other skills that go alongside that. And really, the responsibility is all on you to make sure these foundations are laid. Because students who don't last past the first year, they really hardly ever come back to piano. And in those beginning years, that's when we establish the creative spark and the great foundational concepts that students need to succeed. So I'm not here to say that if you're a new teacher, you must not teach beginners. I'm just putting this out there as a word of caution, that if you thought you should start there because it would be the easiest, it's not. You need to proceed with care to nurture these students, to take that responsibility and don't take it lightly. So in this episode, we're going to go through some foundational aspects of what you need to teach beginners. If you are a new teacher, though, I really recommend checking out our course, Foundations of Piano Teaching. You'll find that inside the Vibrant Music Teaching membership. And what that course does is it gives you a grounding and an assurance that you have all your bases covered, that you're not missing some crucial piece of information. All right, all right. So what do we need to teach these beginner students? I'm going to run through the basic lesson elements here. and. Teachers of any level might scream another one at the podcast, at your phone, at your smart speaker right now that you think I should be including in this list. But this is my list of the basics. So I'll run through them quickly first. We've got reading, rope pieces, improvisation, composition, 
technique, technical exercises, ear training, theory, and practice. After we have a brief word about each of these aspects, you can follow up with me, let me know which one I missed, and then we'll talk about how you actually teach these things. Okay? Sound good? So let's start back at the top of that list. Reading. That's probably the obvious one for most teachers. They know they need to teach reading or they think they need to teach reading. It's probably a better way to phrase that because most of us learned reading in our own lessons, right? Not everyone. Some people learn by ear, but the majority of the people listening to this will have learned from reading first. So you need to teach reading, but you need to think about how you teach it, okay? Because teaching reading is not just about teaching note names. In fact, it's very little to do with teaching note names. So we've tons of other resources about that, but that's one aspect you're going to need to research when it comes to teaching your beginner students. Next on my list is rote pieces. When it comes to teaching beginners, I would really recommend that you teach some pieces by rote. That's not to be confused with learning by ear. We'll get to that in a second. Teaching by rote means the student is copying what you're doing and learning the patterns in a piece. So these are pieces that are highly patterned and they're intended to be taught by rote or you've picked them out for some specific reason to teach them by rote. They are not reading pieces which can be stuck in a limited range for beginner students. They can go across the whole keyboard because there's nothing difficult about playing down, low or up high, right? other than reading it. So when you're teaching without the music, without the page, what a slip, without the music. Of course you have music, without the written music, you have that freedom to explore the whole piano. Next on my list is improvisation. And by the way, I should say here, I'm not going in order of importance, okay? So improvisation would probably make the top of my list simply because it's not included in enough lessons, but all of these aspects are really, really important. If you don't teach your beginner students how to improvise, just a little bit, just even a taste, if you don't include any improvisation in your lessons, you are closing off a whole world of music from them. And you don't know what's going to suit this student. So you have a brand new student here. You don't know if they're going to love reading, love classical music, love jazz, love pop music, love whatever or all of it. And because you don't know, in my view, it's not fair that you close off a whole section of music to them, which is making up music on the spot, improvisation. I don't think that's just, right? I think that happened to too many of us, and I don't think it's right. If you teach a student to improvise from the first lesson, it's a normal part of what they do. They take it for granted in my studio in the best possible way right? They don't think of it as something weird that only their teacher does. And I hope that will become more and more true. Next, we have composition. The difference being with a composition, you either write it down or you remember it or you basically decide how it goes and it goes almost at least the same way every time. So composition for me personally is not as essential as improvisation to include in lessons but it's still a fantastic thing to include and I definitely think you should consider it. When we teach our students to compose, we're teaching them not just the skills of composition, not just the fantastic music theory that they learn through composing, 
but we're teaching them the lesson that music can be written by them, by everyone. And that's really, really important. Next, I have technique. And this might sound like an obvious one, like reading, but it's not actually included in a lot of people's lessons. When I say technique, I do not mean scales. Scales fall under the heading for me of technical exercises. They can be used to practice technique, but you can play scales with poor technique. You can play them with excellent technique. That's not technique teaching. When I talk about technique, I'm talking about teaching your student how to move their body to play the piano efficiently. There are many schools of thought on this, and we're not going to go into them here, but it's important that you teach it in some way that makes sense to you and is based on your best research. Next is technical exercises. So I do think scales, chord patterns, maybe Hannah and Cherney, that kind of thing, those can be important and they're a great thing to include in lessons. For me, scales are essential, chords are important, and the rest of it, that's up to each individual teacher, right? I don't believe everyone should teach Hannon. I believe it can serve a certain purpose. I don't believe anyone, everyone should each dozen a day or journey or anything like that either. Although if you end up building those into your regular teaching, I think that's great too. Just teach them with musicality and with technique, not as a drill, because that doesn't get anyone anywhere. And then we have ear training. This is not just oral tests, but it is actual ear training. So I would include playing by ear here. That's a great way to work on ear training skills. I prefer to teach ear training using salsa and lots of singing, so you can find out more about that in other episodes or again in the Foundations course. And then we have theory, and theory for me is not just theory workbooks, so it could include theory workbooks, but it's about understanding the structure behind what you're playing. So not just how to play it and how it sounds, but what's going on. What's the underlying structure? How is the music built? And then you have practice. Very much not least, although it is last on our list, teaching good practice skills and techniques is vital. And it's really important that this is included right from the start. The techniques you're going to teach to a beginner are very different to an intermediate student, but even just teaching them some basic structures like three in a row correctly, something simple. You can go much further than that with practice games and stuff, but even if you just teach them some a few tactics, it's introducing them to this idea that practice has logic to it, structure, and that they have a plan going into their practice session. So that's the what. Now let's talk briefly about the how of teaching beginner students. One recommendation I have for you is, if you are a new teacher, is to go out and get a few piano method books. Not because you're going to follow them step by step, letter by letter, note by note with your beginner student. I believe your teaching should take more thought than just turning pages in a method book. The reason I want you to pick up some method books is actually so that you can explore them yourself. And having a few contrasting ones is a great way to start to find your feet as a teacher. If you're a further along teacher, because this episode is definitely not just for beginner teachers, if you are further along, I want to encourage you to pick up a method book you haven't used before, especially if you've been using the same one for a long time. You don't even have to use it with a student. 
but spend some time pretending you are if you aren't going to actually use it, right? So walk through it as if you're preparing for lesson by lesson. Teach it to a spouse or someone, a friend or your cat, so that you can really step through the method. And even if you disagree with aspects of it, dissect why they put it where they did. What was the logic there? Why would they do it that way and not the way you're used to? And you will definitely learn something. The second part of teaching students, though, is going outside the method book. So you can definitely use a specific supplement for this. Something to encompass musicianship. So whatever your particular method that you're going to use with your student is lacking, you can build that in with a supplement. And if you're a beginner teacher, I do recommend you follow something because it'll help you to structure things and again, to learn by teaching it. We have great courses to help you structure this stuff. We have Tiny Finger Takeoff, which is for preschool students or up to age seven younger students. And then we have Piano Power Booster, which go on from there. Those courses are designed to be used alongside a method book, and they encompass improvisation, technique, theory, and technical exercises. So they're a great way for you to see how I structure things. And again, along the way, you'll disagree with aspects of how I structure things, the order I put them in, and you'll adjust it to suit your teaching. But it gives you that foundation that you can follow. Lastly, and sort of connected to the last one, if you're going to follow the VMT resources, this will be built in. But if you're not, I want to encourage you to come up with games and activities to go along with each and every lesson plan that you come up with. It's not about following a method book plus a theory supplement. You should be reinforcing these things and doing preemptive theory to teach your students through games, movement, singing, rhythm activities, and lots and lots of variety. So that's a brief rundown, but of course you can get the written version of this article. If you're a member, just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash 157. If you're not a member, you can go to colorfulkeys.ie slash 157. And if you want to check out that course, again, it's called Foundations of Piano Teaching, and it lives inside our Vibrant Music Teaching membership. So that's the only place to access it. We don't sell our courses separately so that we can connect you to other vibrant music teaching resources along the way that are going to help you to get more out of the course and really put the things into action. So you can find out more about membership, of course, at vmt.ninja. And I'm looking forward to hearing how you get on with your first beginner students or your next beginner student, even if it's your 200th, and how you get on with the course as well. I'll catch you next week.